wasn't too long ago that, and this has happened more than once, Ron and I were sitting in our living room, recliners are up, we're watching a little tube, and she says, I'm hot. Could you turn on the ceiling fan? And my thoughts are internally, well, get up and turn it on yourself. That's my thought. But I said, yes, ma'am, I'd love to let, now our recliners, they're electric, so it's not like you kick it. You got to push a button and it goes, me. You get up, you turn on the fan, me back up again. And about 15 minutes later, um, cold, could you turn it off? And I'm really thinking, get up and turn it off yourself. But I go, anyway, all right, I'm throwing her under the bus. She doesn't like that. I did say this. This is, this is not an exaggeration, okay? I did say this. I said, you know, you remember those old commercials about the clapper? Some of you have heard the clapper commercials, and you plug something in, and then you plug your lights or fan or whatever into it, and then you clap it on, you clap it off. I just told her, we need to put that fan on the clapper so that we don't have to go up and down and up and down. We can just clap it on, clap it off. We don't have a clapper. Ron asked me this morning, can you still buy the clapper? I went, I don't know. I look, you can still buy the clapper. You can still buy the clapper. I actually watched a, an old commercial from the 70s or the 80s, whenever the thing came out, and that little woman that I think was in the Wendy's commercial that said, where's the beef? She was in that commercial, brought back memories. It was fun. Anyway, I'm sharing that with you to say this. This is how many of us are in our life. We want our life as easy as possible. We don't want interruptions. We don't want to go through difficult times. We just want it easy, as easy as it can get. And that's not always God's plan for us. Today, the sermon on prayer is from the Lord's Prayer, the phrase, give us our daily needs. So give us, give us. When we think about prayer, so many of us are so focused, and I'm in this boat, we're so focused on what we need, or at least what we think we need, where we are in our life, God give me, and then you fill in the blank. So let's just start with this is a common prayer for a lot of us. Um, Give me financial needs. Have you ever prayed to win the lottery? No, you don't have to raise your hands, okay? Have you ever prayed for a raise? Have you ever prayed for uh, a bill to be paid that you didn't have the money to pay for? Have you ever prayed that God would miraculously take your credit card debt away from you? Have you ever prayed? And I could just keep going, couldn't I? Have you ever prayed for a certain car, all right, men, let's just talk to us for a minute. Have you ever prayed for a certain set of, let's just say, golf clubs, or maybe sporting equipment goods, or a tool for your shop, or have you ever prayed for a camper? I prayed for a camper for a long, long, long time, and I mean years I prayed for a camper, and I even was going to build a camper. I said, God, just give me the means to build my own camper since I can't buy one. And so I prayed for those things. Now, how many of you have prayed for, let's just say, health concerns or health needs? We, we, we all have. If you are congested, sick, or not feeling well, you've prayed for 
healing. You've prayed for God to take the sniffles away. When you have a cold and it's hard to breathe, you just say, God, take it away. If you have arthritis, you have prayed for relief from arthritis. If you have a serious illness, you have prayed for God to take that away from you. If you are struggling with the relationship, have you ever men said this? Not out loud, but you, have you ever looked at your wife and just said, God, why? Or maybe not, why did I marry her? You misunderstood that, didn't you? you may, have you ever just said, why does she do that? Why did she say that? Wives, have you ever asked God, God, why did you put this man in my life? God, why won't he just do the list that I have given him? And why can't he just do it now instead of putting it aside and forgetting where he put it and then he later deals with it six months from now? Why, God? Have you ever prayed for your husband or your wife or maybe your children to be like other people you know a little bit about? Have you ever wondered, God, why can't they just be like them? Now, I'm, we're being a little fun, aren't we? And yet we pray some of these silly prayers, and yet for sometimes we wonder, God, why? And we have struggles with relationships. We pray for our husbands, we pray for our wives, we pray for our children, and we pray for our parents sometimes. We pray for relationships. We pray and ask God, God, I need to make a decision and I need to know what you want me to do. Give me the answer. We sometimes want our answers, though, immediately, don't we? God, I want this answered right now. You ever told God something like that? God, I want this answered right now. We don't want to wait. We just want it answered right now. I need to know what to do. Sometimes God says, yes, I'll give you the answer right now. And sometimes we pray for years for the answer to come. So there are all kinds of things that we struggle with. Now, we're about to start school. Many of you are about to go back to school. Oh, boy. Teachers are praying right now for the students that they will have. They are praying, God, please don't let me get those kids. And you know you're going to get those kids because you get those kids every year. And then the students are praying, God, please don't let me get her as a teacher or him. God, help me pass this test. I have not yet studied, but I know that you can miraculously give me the answers to this test. There, there, we pray for all kinds of crazy things in our life. And I want us today to look at the prayer that Jesus prayed. When his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. Like John taught his disciples. And when Jesus said, pray like this, Father, Hallowed is your name. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what we looked at last week. We talked about how important it is for us to start our prayers by saying, God, your name means something. It's important. It's reverent. It's holy. And I want you to help me honor you and praise you and celebrate you. And I want, God, your will to be done in my life and in my family life, 
and in my church life, in my school, my work, every area, I want your will to be done just as you've planned it in heaven. And then today we're going to take up verse number three. It is very, very simple. It is short, sweet, to the point from Luke's gospel, and it simply reads this way. Give us each day our daily bread. Now that is short and sweet, isn't it? Give us our daily bread. Give us what we need. That's the heart and the essence of what Jesus said. God, give us what we need. Now here's the question. What do we need? I mean, that answer, it depends on who you are, who I am, because we all need different things. And there are a lot of things that we need that we don't need. You, you just, you just kind of like, huh? Remember when you, if you're still, if you're an adult, when you were a kid and you saw something at the store and you went to your mom or your dad and you said, I want this, I want this, I need this. And your mom or dad said, you don't need that. If now that you're the parent, you're looking at your children going, you don't need that. And that's why we still wonder to this day. We know why they do it, but we wish they didn't do it. At the grocery stores and every other place, they put all the neat things that kids want but don't need at the checkout aisle. That's what they do because they know that there are a lot of parents who will just say, oh, fine, just take it or not take it, like steal it. But yes, I'll get it for you because I don't want to listen to you whine. We, we think we need certain things, but the reality is there's a lot of things we don't need. It's just that we want it. I want it. And so how do we distinguish between what we need versus what we really want? So in this prayer, when we are praying, God, give me my daily needs. I want you to, and, and, and I think I've I think I have this for us to put on the screen. In the next chapter of Luke, chapter number 12, verses 29, 30, and 31, this is what we read about needs. He says, uh, don't strive for what you should eat and what you should drink. Now, we all need to eat and drink. Then he says, and don't be anxious. Do we ever get anxious when it comes to our life and the daily things we think we need versus the things we really need. Then he says, Jesus speaking, he says, For the Gentiles would eagerly seek, or the Gentiles all eagerly seek these things. And your Father knows that you need them. So God knows what we need. Then he says, But seek first his kingdom, and these things will be provided for you. So here's the key. If we really want to have what we need given to us, we have to ask God, help me seek your kingdom. Because when we truly seek God and when we truly seek the things that he desires, God makes this emphatic, bona fide, unquestionable promise, I will give you what you need. Now, the one word wasn't there, won't. 
God doesn't always give us what we want, but He will always give us what we what? Say it with me. Need. He gives us what we need. And so when you think about your prayers and all of the things that we want, but maybe not need, there's a great struggle, isn't it? And that is a difficult kind of thing to figure out. So here's something I want you to think about. When you think about praying, God, give us what we need, we have to learn to be dependent, not on ourselves, but dependent on God. We have to learn to say, God, I can't do this. I need you in my life. I need you to guide me. I need you to help me. I need you to remind me that I truly need you. I am dependent on you for everything. Now that is contrary to the human brain because we want to feel self-confident. We want to feel I am independent. I can do it all. I am strong. I am brave. I am fill in the more blanks because I am Superman, Superwoman, whatever you may want to say. So when you think about it, we don't want to be dependent on anybody, including God sometimes. But God says, I created everything. Going back to the beginning of the prayer, our Father who's in heaven, hallowed be your name. What we're saying is, God, you created everything. You have control and power over everything. I am not you. I have been created by you. I, God, am dependent on you for everything. I'm acknowledging it. I'm saying it. I need you because I can't do this thing called life by myself. I'm asking you to help me learn to be dependent on you for everything. Now that sounds very simple, doesn't it? But we have a problem. And the problem's ourself. I. Now, psychologists, counselors, when people are having relationship problems, they, they teach you how to have a conversation with your husband, your wife, your son, your daughter, your mother, your father, whatever the case may be. And one of the things they talk about is to use the word, well, what you just said makes me feel. Now, my tone is not trying to make fun of that. Some of y'all are looking at me like, what? Have you ever said to your husband or your wife or your son or your daughter or mother, whatever, well, I feel... And you say your feelings. And the other person says, in essence, I don't care how you feel. And there, and you have, a, you have a relationship problem. So what you're trying to say is, well, what you just said makes me feel insignificant or unimportant or whatever the case may be. And so you're trying to connect and figure all this out. Here's what, here's what happens in so many human relationships. We don't want to be dependent on another person because other people do what? They hurt us sometimes. And we take that and we transfer that to our relationship with our Heavenly Father, the Creator, the Sustainer of all things, and we kind of say, because other people 
have mistreated me, because other people have let me down, because other people have done all of these things, I'm going to learn to take care of me because nobody's going to take care of me like me. And we say, God, I don't even know if you can take care of me because there have been times when I have prayed to you and asked you for things and you didn't do anything about it. And so I can't even trust you. See, there is where we get all messed up in the head. So what we're doing is we've not really learned to say, God, I can truly trust you and depend on you to give me everything I need. And then we want to add, but you don't give me everything I want. And that's a problem. Because we want things. We want stuff. We want what we want. And therein is the great struggle. I just remember this one hospice patient years ago whose loved one was near death, who asked me, do you believe in miracles? Yes, I believe in miracles. Then I want you to pray that God will heal my loved one right now. And it was emphatic, right now. And I'm like, uh, that's a lot of pressure. I mean, my thought was, well, if I pray this prayer, knowing that God can knowing that God may or may not do it because I don't know, does that mean I don't have faith? Or does that mean if I pray the prayer and and death comes, are you going to just turn your back on God? Or will you still trust Him? Because you're saying what you want, but is that what you need? And see how complex this gets, especially when it comes to death, because that's, that's a big deal. I prayed the prayer. And it didn't answer, God didn't answer it the way we were all hoping. See, that's when our world gets messy. When we pray for something very specific, we feel like we need, and God says, mm, no. No. Through, through Ron and I's life, we have prayed for so many different things. And there are things even now that we pray for. And when we first married, when we first met each other, I've told this story to you, and I won't tell the whole story. But before I met Rhonda, I'd been praying this prayer. God, show me the woman you want me to marry. Now, I was dating a girl at the time, not Rhonda. She was not the one. I didn't know that. And then I saw her, Rhonda, and I'm like, whoa, who's that? She caught my eye. Now, God did not say at that moment and instant, she's the one. God just said, well, look at her. I did. I'm like, she's pretty. She's a pretty girl. As we got to know each other, the other girl became lower on my totem pole of interest, and Rhonda went way up. And now I'm still praying this prayer. And as I'm praying this prayer... God began to say, she's the one, Rhonda. Rhonda's the one. Rhonda's the one. I'm like, I just met her. Like January, we're in February, March. God said she's the one. God kept telling me, ask her to marry you. I'm thinking, I must be crazy. I did. She looked at me like I was crazy. She looked at me and said, what? 
I met her in January, April of the same year. I'm asking this woman, now my wife of 42 years, will you marry me? I've been praying for a wife, and God told me you're the one. That was my proposal. Doesn't that sound romantic? I mean, I mean, uh, we've been seeing each other since January, and I've been praying for a wife, and God told me you're the one. What do you say? I mean, that was about the essence of my romantic proposal. She looked at me and said, I've been praying for a husband. I'm, I'm like, well, that doesn't have anything to do with me right now. But it did have a lot to do with me because she basically says, well, I, I got to pray about this now because this is the first I've heard of this. So God hadn't, so she prayed for six long weeks. Six weeks this woman prayed, and she said, obviously, yes, and that's been 42 years ago. Now, I am saying since we, and then when we married, we prayed for a house that we could afford to rent. We prayed for bills to be paid. We prayed for so many, we prayed for so many things through our married years. God has said yes to some of them, no to some, and others later, maybe. And there are some that we still pray for, and we wonder, God, why is it taking so long to answer? Because prayer is a journey of relationship. And this, this particular message about needs, God, give me what I need, is so personal and so real. This is not like praising God. It's not about honoring God's name. This is about us struggling with our will versus the will of God. And that is difficult to manage because our wants are not always in line with what God wills. It's not in line with His plan. And our wants have to line up with His will. And that's why Jesus said, praise God and then ask Him, for his kingdom to come in our life as he's planned it in heaven. We've got to get our will in line with his will, and that's why we pray, God, give us our daily bread. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17, 18, and 19. I'm just going to read a little bit of this. Because Paul the apostle, he wrote to the church at Ephesus, and at this particular church, this is what he was saying to them how he was praying for them, and this really relates to how we can figure out lining up our will with God's will. He says, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, you see, see the praise in there? The glorious Father, not the unglorious Father, not the mediocre Father, not the yeah, Father, but the glorious Father would give you what? The Spirit of wisdom. Can you imagine praying this? God, I am asking you to give this person the spirit of wisdom. Don't we want to be wiser? Oh, we should be. Some of us just want to walk through life as dumb as dirt. We just want to go, <laughs> whatever happens. No, we need, we need wisdom in this world to kind of navigate, to figure out what we should do, shouldn't do, the words we should say. We need God's wisdom. 
Because there's a lot of junk in this world. And so Paul said, we should be praying. This is our personal prayer. God, we should be praying, God, give me your wisdom. Give me an understanding, the revelation in your who you are. A lot of us don't really understand who God is. And we should be praying, God, help me know you. Not know about you, but truly know you. That's a... Ooh. The next one. The next verse. Verse 18. We should be praying, this is Paul's prayer, that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Now, you read that and you go, the, the eyes of my heart enlightened? Did you know that the Old Testament, there's a verse in the Old Testament that said of all of who you are, the heart, not the, the thing that beats your blood, but the emotional center of who you are, it is the most deceptive part of who you are, that your heart will deceive you. It is contrary to the Spirit of God. And so a lot of us, when we wrestle with our needs versus our wants, we have to ask God, God, enlighten me. Help my heart to be in line with what you want, not with what I want. God, help me to see it from your perspective. May the that the heart be enlightened so that you can also know, as he says, the hope of your calling. You see, if you're a believer, if you're a follower of Jesus, if Jesus is at the very center of who you are, if you said, God, I'm a sinner, and I ask you to forgive me, and God has changed you from the inside out, we have a hope of heaven. We have the hope and the promise that we can live a life that is filled with peace, joy, patience, perseverance, and on that list can go. But so many of us struggle with hope and joy and peace, and so we pray that we would know Christ and the hope of our calling. That's why we struggle, because our wants sometimes get in the way of God's will. Every time you pray for something you want and God says no or no, doesn't even say anything at all and you're not getting it, I want you to picture in your mind that you are at Walmart. Just picture it. Walmart. I'm at Walmart, God, and I am waiting in line and in front of me is a mama with her three or four-year-old kid who wants this thing so much so that he is laying on the floor pitching a temper tantrum causing a scene and I am thinking you need to beat that kid all right maybe that's extreme you're thinking you need to pick that kid up and tell him he ain't getting that because he doesn't need that it's not what he it's not I mean you just and you list your reasons now, some of you may be thinking, I'm just going to go to another lane. But I want you to picture in your mind, because when we talk to God about what we want, and we don't get what we want, we pitch little fits. 
We stomp our feet and we yell and we cry and we beat our chest and we wail and we holler and we just say to God, if you don't give it to me, I'm going to. What are you going to do? I mean, really, what are you going to do? God, I'm just not going to go to church anymore. God, I'm not going to put any more money in the offering plate. God, I'm not going to read the Bible anymore. You know, you know how kids tell you what they're not going to do if they don't get their way? See, that's what we do. Spiritually, that's what we do. And God says, mm, that's just not good for you. You don't need that. I'm going to give you what you need, though. So we, when we are praying, we go, go back to the, the verse I just left off on. Um, the next verse, the last one, verse 19. He says, and when we're praying for us to get in line, our will with God's will, he says, what is the immeasurable, these are big words, I love them, immeasurable greatness of God's power. You know what immeasurable means? You can't. It has no limit. This is the unlimited power, the unlimited greatness of God's power. To us who believe. Now, we want to experience that fulfilling, satisfying, exciting life. And yet we rob ourselves when we fail to say, God, my will's not lining up with your will. See, it's not God robbing us. We're robbing ourselves. We're listening to the devil whisper in our ear who leads us away from the will of God. And when we can learn to say, God, I want to experience the, the immeasurable greatness of your power in my life. But boy, my, my stuff's getting in the way of your stuff. And God, you're not going to let me experience this as long as I'm over here doing it my way. Because I think I can do it better than you can. And when we say, God, I can do it better than you can, then we're not experiencing the immeasurable greatness of God's power. We are defeated, joyless, peaceless. We are just kind of moping and groaning through life. We're like the little kid wearing Walmart, right? That's what we are. Pitching our little temper tantrum and God saying, I'm going to bless you, but not until you get in line. And God just lets us do it. Now there's consequences. I mean, we're not happy, we're, we're frustrated, we're anxious, we're tense, and we're angry, and we're backbody, and all of those things. And God says, when you're done, come over here, line up with my will, and you're going to experience the immeasurable greatness of my power in your life. That's joy. That's peace. That's where God wants us to be. And then he says, according to what? The mighty working of his strength. The mighty working of his strength. God can do amazing things in your life. God does amazing things in your life. We've just got to learn when we pray, God, give me today my daily bread. Just know this, it is a daily daily, daily process. Don't worry about tomorrow. Focus on today. 
God, what do I need today? So we all have problems. Your problems versus God means you really have no problems, right? Because he has immeasurable greatness of strength to pour into you and me. So my problems and your problems compared to God is nothing. But we take our stuff and we make it a big deal and we hold on to it like a death grip. <laughs> Let's just take the kid at the store again. He has the item in his hand. And you as the parrot says, give it to me now. And you're trying to pry it out of the kid's hand, and they're not letting it go. And you're like, give it to me now, give it to me. You've seen the parrots. You take it out of the hand and you put it back on the shelf. And what do they do? They go back and get it. Do we not do the exact same thing in our adult lives? We go to the altar, we pray. We go into our prayer closets and we pray. And we say, God, I can't deal with this. You deal with it. And then we take it right back and we walk away with it. We do it over and over and over. And God says, no, no, you've got to leave it here so I can deal with that. I will deal with it. Your problems are no problem for me. And so... You got health troubles, you got to leave it with God. You got money problems, you got to leave it with God. You've got relationship problems. Say, God, this man is driving me insane. This kid is driving me crazy. My boss is off the chains. Give it to God. Just give it to God. You've got decisions to make. God, I don't know what to do here. I don't know whether I should go this way or that way. Give it to God. Just let God lead you and guide you. You're going back to school. Do not worry about the kids God's going to give you teachers. Don't worry about them. God will take care of that. If you're a student going back to school, God's got it. You just line up with him. If you're trying to figure out what your purpose in life is, God, help me show me your purpose. Just remember, I prayed for a wife. God gave me one. He gave me the one I needed. Is she perfect? Nope. Am I perfect? Nope. But God is working in both of our lives, working out his perfect will in both of us. When you're worrying about the job, it just doesn't matter. Give God your problems, and you will grow in your spiritual life. God will give you joy, peace. I didn't say happiness. But the result of all of this is you will be happy. When you are where God wants you to be, guess what? You really will be happy. doesn't mean you will be struggle-free. It just means you will have faith. You'll have joy. You'll have, you'll have peace. You'll be seeing the big picture rather than being the little kid at the checkout aisle at Walmart. Don't be that kid. Grow up. Because when we learn to grow up, your life will truly change for the better. Because life is more about being where God wants you to be 
rather than where you think you should be. Wanting what God wants for you rather than what you think you need. So when you pray, God, give me my daily bread, pray it in a way that it will truly revolutionize your life. Will it be easy? No, 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 no. Ask Rhonda, me, and others. It's a struggle. But when you really say, God, I want to be serious, God will will walk you through it. He'll walk you through it. Let's pray together.